Hope is a built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but holy lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all of the ground he is sinking sand, all of the ground is sinking sand. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I hear in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, for less to stand before the throne. Oh, Christ the solid rock I stand, all hover around his sinking sand, all hover around his sinking sand. Amen. Amen. Let church say amen one more time. Right. I don't know if that's me or not, but amen anyhow. Let's turn to him 456. There's a rainbow in the cloud. Is there anything you have to remember? I know times are tough, things are happening, uh, but we just got to remember that in the midst of turbulent times and the way that they're going, there's always that glimmer of sunshine, and God is just putting that in place. That's just the way he does things, and we need to make sure that we recognize that because he's going to put in place what he puts in place. It's a whole other thing to recognize what he's put in place. Amen? Y'all sing with me. There's a rainbow in the cloud. As I journey here the toil and tears, there's a rainbow, it's in the cloud. And he will safely lead, I must have no fear. There's a rainbow, it's in the cloud. Yes, there's a rainbow that is shining. Yes, there's a rainbow, it's in the cloud. And when life's race is run and the victory shining. 
Yes, there's a rainbow, it's in the cloud. And when life's race is run and the victory is won, there's a rainbow, it's in the cloud. Yes, there's a rainbow that is shining. Yes, there's a rainbow, it's in the cloud. And when life's race is run and the victory won, there's a rainbow, it's in the cloud. Amen. Good morning once again. And here just to remind you that we serve a good God. We say it all the time, God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. And there's so much purpose behind his goodness, and we need to seek to continue to strive to understand why is God continuing to be so good to us. This morning, as we, as we get ready to jump into the scriptures, as always, I'm just thankful to be a part of the Simpson Street Church of Christ. Y'all some good-looking people. You're good people, the whole nine, and uh, God is doing some tremendous work here. And I'm just blessed to be a part of that fantastic work. It is especially um, an honor this morning to have with us one of our council members who represents this area, uh, Brother Ivory Young. Always good to have you in the midst. Y'all, would you stand? Let's give him a round of applause. Good to have him here this morning. If, if, if you didn't recognize him, when you passed the McDonald's going down Joseph Lyle, you see a big old billboard up there. And one half is Ivory Young. And that, that, that is Ivory Young. Always a blessing to have you and, and all the wonderful work that you are doing. Good to have Mr. and Mrs. Brother and Sister Deutsch. Amen. Look at that cute little couple back there. Amen. God is good. Fantastic. As you know, they got married a, a few uh, weeks ago. And, and uh, Brother Dodge got married to the church as well. Went down in that water. Just, just a tremendous blessing. See Shanta and Shanta. Is that Shanta? Yeah, Shanta's back there. That's one of our church babies. Good to see you. A grown woman now. Good, good to see you as well. It's just a blessing to have you. Blessing to have all of you. If I didn't call your name, just act like I called your name because you know I love you. And uh, we're just going to continue uh, based on that. I want y'all to imagine, if you will, uh, for a moment as we get started this morning, that you are at an auction. All of these fine items are up for bid as far as this auction is concerned, and you're sitting there trying to figure out what exactly you want to buy. Now, there are a couple of positions you can take, and if any of you have ever been to an auction, I would argue that you walked into that auction with one or two mindsets. Number one, you just came with some money to see what you could see and then make a determination about what you wanted. But perhaps on the other side, you came to that auction already in your mind, figured out what you want. And when you saw it, based on what you knew that you want, you were going to put in a bid, as far as that is concerned. Let's go with that second piece. And I want you to imagine, if you will, your item coming up, as far as the auction is concerned. And you put in your bid. You put it in, and in your mind, you put in the bid, and you are ready to take that thing home, whatever it is, because you want it so bad. But... If you've ever been to an auction, nine times out of ten, if there's something that you want that you want so bad, somebody else wants it too. And then they put in their bid. And there continues to be always somebody who's trying to take what you want 
away from you. The more someone tries to take it away, if you've ever been to an auction, the stakes increase and they increase. And what happens is, financially, it makes it more difficult for you to be able in the end to walk away with exactly what you wanted. So what you begin to do, if you've ever been to an auction, you begin to count up the cost. First, first set of bids, no big deal. But then as, as time passes by, you, you start to count up that cost and you ask yourself, can I go on? Sounds like life sometimes, doesn't it? And things happen, difficulties come, and you try to shoot for that which you want out of life. But those difficulties come, and as bad as you continue to want what you want out of life and out of yourself as a Christian, there's somebody always trying to take it away from you. And as time passes by, it becomes more and more difficult. And you may be there, even this morning, asking yourself the exact same question. Can I go on? You know what you want, but there's someone and there's something constantly trying to take it out of your reach. You know what you should do, but this distraction of somebody else or something else getting in the way just causes you to sometimes lose focus as it relates to what you want. But in the end, regardless of what you have to give, you want what you want. You need what you need. You desire what you desire. Brothers and sisters, any, if there's anything that you ought to be desiring this morning and every morning that you wake up, every time you go to sleep, you ought to be desirous of walking the Christian walk all the time. If any of you have lived any length of time in trying to walk a Christian walk, you already know that we have the adversary, the devil who is seeking to help us to not walk that Christian walk. And the more we don't realize that, the more difficult we're going to find when it comes auction time and to put in that bid to be able to make it happen for us. Well, this morning I may be able to help you just a little bit. So I want y'all to come with me as we put in a bid for Jesus. So I want you to keep this whole auction concept, but I want to transfer it to the scriptures and help you really understand how important it is for us to put in a bid for Jesus. Now, as we start this morning, I want you to make sure you understand a few things. Number one, Jesus wants you on his team. You got to know that. Number two, Jesus wants you to experience spiritual success. Spiritual success. You'll hear that intertwine as we talk this morning. Number three, Jesus wants you to win. And number four, Jesus wants to win with you. I want y'all to picture, if you will, two people at the, at, the, at the winner's spot, and they're holding each other, and they're holding each other's hands up. That's Jesus. He wants to hold their hand up with you and experience that victory with you in this Christian walk. With that, as we get ready to see what I mean and, and as, as it relates to putting in the bid for Jesus, I want everybody to take a moment, and I want you to pick something in your life. Pick one thing that you can think of right now that either you have struggled through and come through or that you are currently struggling with. Now, if you're not struggling with anything right now, I need to talk to you after church. Because tell me what you're doing. Because I need to know. But I want everybody to pick something that you are struggling with. It may be small, it may be large, but something that you are struggling with. Now, do me a favor, though. I want you to hold on to it, but don't hold on to it too tight because somebody wants to take that away from you. Y'all missed that, didn't you? Don't hold on too tight, but hold on to just that one thing. I want you to just hold on to that particular piece. And as we do that, I want to talk about Peter. 
Scripture was read this morning, and Peter has said so many profound things throughout his ministry as far as the Bible is concerned. But I want to focus on one of his most, in my opinion, profound moments. We often talk about Jesus walking on the water, but there are so many profound moments that happen in the midst from the boat cast out to Jesus getting on that boat, and I just hope we haven't missed it. But if we have missed it in the past, I hope I can make it a little bit clearer to you this morning. To the Scripture, imagine if you will, and as we get ourselves ready to walk through this scripture, imagine, if you will, the disciples. And they just finished, they just finished having experienced a miracle. Now keep in mind, now, before they got on that boat, what had happened prior to that are some critical things. But they had just come fresh off of finishing experiencing a miracle. Imagine yourself being one of those disciples. Now, I can only imagine because what Jesus did, Jesus didn't go with them to the boat. Jesus said, y'all going to the boat, I'll dismiss the crowd. Can you imagine walking back to that boat? I can just imagine them. It just had some fish and some bread. That, mm, ooh, man, I can't, can't believe, man, we had a two, just a little bit of fish and a little bit of bread. Can you believe? Did, do you, do, I can just imagine the conversation that they were having. At least I know the conversation I would have been having had I just witnessed what I witnessed. Had I been one of those disciples who had passed out from this basket and I kept passing, I was like, oh, it's going to get low because we only start off with two and five, and I just keep passing. And all of a sudden, I'm looking around in this desert area, and everybody's fed. So important for you to understand that you had a group of disciples who were headed back to the boat in a sense of amazement at what just occurred. I can just imagine the conversation. But think about everything that happened prior to them getting to that boat. Several critical things happened. And it's going to help us understand this whole putting in a bid for Jesus, walking that Christian walk, and doing everything that we need to do. Going to Matthew uh, 14, paraphrasing, paraphrasing verses 1 through 12, you basically have John the Baptist. And the whole account of John the Baptist being beheaded. Within those same scriptures, you have Jesus where the disciples come to Jesus and they let him know that, hey, John the Baptist was beheaded, and here's what occurred. Now watch what Jesus does as it relates to, what, to the information that he got. It says in verse number 12, his disciples came and took away the body and buried it, and they went and reported to Jesus. Now when Jesus heard about John, he withdrew from there in a boat to a secluded place by himself. And when the people heard of this, they followed him on foot from the cities. Here's what I don't want you to miss. Jesus, when he heard of John, seems like he was dealing with that to the extent that he needed to go off by himself and deal with it. But what's interesting, in the midst of his supposed sorrow, you have people who left their homes and the word got out. Hey, y'all, Jesus is over in this desert area. Hey, Jesus is over here. I said, hey, man, go grab your sister and go grab your daughter and go grab the person who needs healing. Let's go. Let's go. But it's in the desert. I don't care. That's Jesus. Let's go to him. There's a big lesson on that. And I'm going to come back to that. But I want you to see, first you have a Jesus who had went off by himself. So then what happens after that, of course, is he feeds the people. Because Jesus, even in the midst of his own sorrow, looks up, and as Jesus does, he saw compassion. He had compassion on the people. And he said, all of these people have followed me off into this desert place. They're hungry. So he feeds the people. 
And you know the story as it relates to feeding the people. Starting at verse number 14, when he went ashore, he saw a large crowd and felt compassion for them and healed their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, this place is desolate and the hour is already late. So send the crowds away. So basically, they can go to their own houses and eat their own food. And look what Jesus says. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, we have only here five loaves and two fish. And you know the rest as the great feeding occurs. And again, keep in mind the disciples witnessed this. Keep that in your head. But then Jesus separates from the disciples. After all is said and done, he sends them to the boat, and then he sends the people away, and he separates again to go and pray. Arguably about the news that he got as far as John is concerned, to give himself time as it relates to that. Now, I want you to put yourself, if you will, in this particular spot. Because there's something that is embedded in these scriptures I don't think that we do often enough. And again, I'm speculating about that travel where the disciples left that desert area and walked back down to the boat. But I would argue they had some conversation, whether it was internal or external. And they talked about what they just witnessed. Brothers and sisters, one of the reasons we struggle with the Christian walk is that we don't take enough time to reflect on those experiences that we cannot explain. I want everybody to take a moment and ask yourself, when's the last time that I sat down somewhere and I just sat and I thought and I reflected on something that I experienced that I had no explanation for? Miraculous things happen. We read about things. We see things on TV. Things happen in our own lives. But how often do we give ourselves the opportunity just to sit down and remember and reflect upon that particular experience? I would argue that the disciples, they reflected on it as they left. And this morning, I want to get us to a point where our minds think about how we can make the Christian walk practical. To make it second nature for us to walk out these doors and to walk as Jesus walked and do as Jesus did and deal with stuff as Jesus dealt with stuff. And again, I go back to what I ask you to do. Think of something that you're struggling with. And what are you doing as far as your Christian walk is concerned to deal with that? And this is something we have to do. We have to take time to reflect on those experiences that we cannot explain. Now what I want you to do is think about something right now. If you haven't done it, I want you to do it right here, right now. I want you to think of something that's just miraculous, something that was just profound, something outstanding that either happened to you, happened to somebody you know, happened uh, around you, whatever have you, that you just don't have an explanation for. I'm going to help some of y'all out. Some of y'all can just think about a tree. Can you explain a tree? I mean, honestly, can you explain a tree? You can't explain a tree. Can you explain water, a clear substance? Can you explain the fact that our, mind, our bodies is, are made up of 75% water? I'm 75% water. I don't look like it. So many things in this world, y'all, we can't explain. And I believe we just serve a God who gives us so many opportunities to think about the wonders of his world and the things he allows to happen in our lives so that when we reflect upon them, that part of our brain is taken up and we're able to get even more focused on what we ought to be doing and how we ought to be doing it. But believe it or not, that's not the meat of my message this morning. I'm willing to bet again that the disciples, they took that time. So now, they got to the boat, right? They get to the boat and they cast out on the boat without Jesus. 
And as the, as the scriptures tell us, when they get out onto the boat, they get out there and the winds are contrary and the waves are tossing. So symbolic of life, isn't it, y'all? But we cast out. We get dressed for work and we walk out that door and the winds are blowing and the waves are tossing. So often we come home and the winds are blowing and the waves are tossing. Hard times hit us. We lose our job and the winds start blowing and the waves start tossing. We struggle with this and we struggle with that and we cast out. And often, y'all, we do spiritually what the disciples did physically. They cast out without Jesus. God forbid that any of us should cast out into tossing winds, tossing waves and blowing winds without our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And then it gives us the verse number 26. Before I get to verse number 26, let me go back up to verse number 22. It says, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him on, on, to the other side while he sent the crowds away. After he had sent the crowds away, he went up to the mountain himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. But the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now listen to this. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. In verse number 26, when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. It is a spirit. And they cried out in fear. I hope y'all see what's happening in this particular scripture. Now, you already have a set of disciples who have, who have cast themselves out and the wind's blowing and the, and, and the waves are tossing. If you've ever been on a boat while the wind is blowing and the waves are tossing, I don't know about y'all. I've been on a cruise, and I just remember sitting down at dinner, and we're just having dinner, and all of a sudden, it was hard to focus on my meal. I got a witness, don't I? Airplane. He'll let you know. Ladies and gentlemen, we're about, or she'll let you know. Ladies and gentlemen, we're about to experience a little bit of turbulence. Everything will be okay. Thank you so much for flying your trap. And then, all of a sudden, you <laughs> dipping in. I don't know about y'all. Hard for me to focus. Oh, oh he, he got it. He has it. Now, let's put ourselves in the minds of the disciples. They already cast out without Jesus. And now they're on a boat, and the winds are blowing, and the waves are contrary. And I would argue their mind is already in a place where, oh, Lord, let's hope we get over to some land real soon. We, and then it said the boat was already far out, so they looked back and said, oh, Lord. You know my proof? Look at what happens next. Verse number 26, when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It's a ghost. Now I ask myself this question. You mean to tell me with them knowing they just left Jesus and Jesus was eventually going to join back up with them and they looked out on this water and saw something walking? Nobody said, that might be Jesus. And I would argue that nobody said that, y'all, because those winds... And those waves got them off focus. 
Y'all know how often the Christian walk is hindered by how we regard our situation? It's not so much your situation, it's how you regard your situation. So when I hear the, the, the scriptures telling me that the disciples said it's a spirit and they cried out for fear, second thing is, y'all, they didn't even cry out for Jesus. I don't know about you. If I thought that was a ghost, I'd be like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But they didn't even cry out for Jesus. So their situation on that boat caused them to be to a place where they didn't recognize or even fathom that could have been Jesus. And even in the midst of them not thinking it's Jesus, they still didn't even cry to Jesus. That's right to the situation. And y'all, that's what happens when we regard our situations in such a way that we forget that we serve a Jesus Christ man who wants to help us in everything that we go through. How often have you cried out, but it was just a cry? Or you shouted out, and it was just a shout. Versus crying out to your Lord and, and shouting out to your Lord and saying, help me. And saying, help me in the sense that you know he's going to help you out. Man, that's the kind of confidence that we have. But right now, you see a situation where the disciples did not have that confidence. But look at Christ, y'all, because I want you to see something. Keep in mind now, you have this in the eyes of the disciples, a ghost-like figure walking. Oftentimes, y'all, we say, this is Jesus walking on the water. I don't say that. I say that this is Jesus walking in the midst of contrary winds and tossed waves. And all I can just imagine, all he's doing, just as cool as he can, is just walking on that water. And all this wind and wave and all this stuff's blowing around him, and he's just walking as cool as he possibly can because he's Lord. And I think what the disciples missed, once he said, it is I, be of good cheer. They said, look at him walking, walking in the midst of the winds and in the midst of the waves. Let me take it further, because that's still not my main point as far as this morning is concerned. But I want you to see that visual, y'all. I want you to see that visual. Don't ever regard the scripture again as just Jesus walking on the water. Yes, he was walking on the water. But in the midst of him walking on the water, the winds were blowing and the waves were tossing and he was walking. Isn't that where we want our Christian walk to be, y'all? That when crazy stuff starts happening in our lives and everything is going on, we just walk. We just walk. In the midst of an auction and somebody's putting up a bid for something you know you want, you need, you got to have. Man, you keep bidding, bid, 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 bid because you want it. And Christians who walk that walk, and you're able to not allow your regard for your situation to get the best of you, you find yourself walking a peaceful walk. I'm going to give you some proof. But here's the meat. Because we need to get ourselves to a point. That everything that we say, everything that we do, it needs to be what needs to be said. It needs to be what needs to be done. And where that's just second nature. Part of that, as I've said already, is making sure that we reflect on those experiences that we cannot explain. Because that just helps you understand better the power of God. But here's the meat. Here it is. Verse 27. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take courage, it is I. Be not afraid. And he said immediately, straightway, as the a, as a, as a King James verse, let them know immediately, it's me, it's me, don't be scared. And look who speaks up. Peter said to him, Lord, if it be you, bid me 
come unto thee on the water. Let's break down what Peter really was saying to Jesus Christ. Bid me to do what you're doing. Bid me to do what you're doing, how you're doing it. Y'all, in my opinion, Peter put in a bid for Jesus. If you don't remember anything else, y'all, you got to ask for what you want. You got to ask for what you need. If you know within your heart that that is what you need in order to walk this Christian walk, you got to do what Peter did. He asked. Now think about all the things that Peter could have done. Peter could have just said, shoo. Stepped on out the boat, didn't he? But before he even stepped out the boat, Lord, if it's you, bid me come unto you on the water. Powerful what he said. But there's a little lack of power in what he said, too. And I'll show you that in just a minute. And then again, try to relate it to where we are. Because you got to be, you got you to ask what you want and need and then be willing, as Peter was, to get out there. Think about again what Peter was asking. Lord, bid me to come out into the waves and the winds where you are. How many of us ask? Think about this now. How many of us ask to walk into the winds and walk into the waves and walk into our problems? Human nature suggests that when troubles or time comes, it, it, we either fight or flight. And a lot of times we want to flee from that kind of stuff. But you have a Peter saying, I see Jesus out there. Now, that's Jesus out there and the winds are blowing and all that kind of stuff. Lord, let me come out there too. How many of us ask that kind of thing? But look what Jesus said. Now, Jesus had, Jesus had some uh, options as it relates to this. And let me tell you all right now, I don't have a step-by-step -step list on how to walk the Christian walk. If you're looking for that, I don't have it. I don't. But I do have some things that are just some common understandings we need to have if we really plan on being successful in this whole Christian race. But listen to this. Look at what his answer is, y'all, in verse number 29. Come. Jesus didn't say, well, you know, Peter, I'm coming to the boat. Why don't you just go and stay in the boat? I'm, I'll be over there in a minute. Well, you know, Peter, uh, these winds are blowing and, and the storm is raging. And I don't know if it's a good idea for you to get out of that boat because you're not me. Come. You mean to tell me that we serve a Jesus who invites us with him into turbulence? Did y'all hear that? He's out there in the turbulence. Peter said, bid me come to you in the turbulence. And Jesus said, come on out here with me in the turbulence. It's all about how we regard our situation, y'all. God exposes us to his doing for a purpose. And God will give you everything you need if you ask. Peter made a critical plea, though, but let's break it apart, y'all, because I, wanna, I hope that you're able to see why he failed in his walk, because we know how this thing ends up. I want you to know and see and understand how he failed and sometimes how we fail as we try to make this Christian walk. First of all, look at what he said. If it be you. I just said it was me. But you hear Peter saying, if it be you, it is I, be of good cheer. If it be you, you hear that semblance of a little bit of lack of faith at the beginning, you hear it? If it be you, bid me come to the water. So there's an indicator of a little bit of lack of faith. That's number one. Number two, 
Jesus says, come. Now, I'm just arguing. I, I believe that Jesus says come because he already knows in his mind. Man, if you believe that this is me, and you just asked me to come out here in this turbulent water, you must know that when you step out in this water, you're going to be able to walk on it just as I did. So Jesus says, come. Number three, look at the scripture. Verse 29, he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. So you have a Peter who, he said, bid me come to you out of the water. He said, come. And Peter said, And the scripture tells us that as he started walking, he was walking on the water. And I'm sure he was just as happy, just walking on that water. And imagine where his mind was. I'm walking on the water. I'm walking on the water. I'm walking on the water. Wow. I'm doing what Jesus is doing. Has shown me. Wow. Number three. Well, number three is he stepped out. Listen to this, y'all. This is good. He stepped out and he experienced success. Beautiful. How often do you experience success and say to yourself, success! And let this speak to you in the way that it needs to speak to you. A lot of times, y'all, we're a lot like athletes. Y'all ever watch a game? And game, games have changed over time, but I noticed something about football now. You'll have a football player, it might be the first quarter, 10 minutes and 32 seconds left in the first quarter. And they'll make one tackle, and they'll get up. You got a whole game to go. But in their mind, they experienced success. Take the same game. Let's say that, that score gets to, and you just start getting your behind pummeled, and it gets about 38 to 2. You have them over on the bench. But it's just 10 minutes and 32 seconds in the first quarter. Got plenty of time. A lot of times y'all were just like athletes. Man, we'll get a piece of success in here. Yes! And then the hard times come and we're like. Peter in the scripture is just like an athlete. It said when he stepped out, he walked on the water. But look at this. Which brings me to number four. Listen to the scripture. But seeing the wind, he became frightened. And as it says, but when the wind, when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. Watch that now. It's not that the wind was boisterous. It's that he saw that the wind was boisterous. Y'all, it's not that troublesome times are around you. It's that you have recognized that troublesome times are around you. Y'all, it's all about perspective. Life, a lot of times, is just all about perspective. And we're trying to walk this Christian walk as it is important to experience, uh, reflect on those experiences. It is also important for us to keep our perspective in a place where it needs to be. Peter's perspective was changed. Now, he already put in the bed. Bid me come to you. Jesus said, okay, come. He walks out. He's walking on the water. He experiences that success. But then he looks around. He said, uh-oh, the wind's blowing. Uh-oh, waves are tossing. And what does the Bible say happened? Man, he started sinking. Y'all, one thing we struggle with is perspective. Now go back to 
the thing if you had one. And again, talk to me after church if you didn't. But go back to that one thing that that you're struggling with. Something that you are struggling with. Go back to it. What's your perspective as it relates to whatever you're struggling with? And I would say wherever your perspective is, that's where your faith is. What was Peter's perspective? Peter's perspective was that he felt the winds, he saw the things blowing, and he was like, whoa, wait a minute. And all of a sudden, impossibility set into his heart, and he started to sink. My goodness. But let me ask you this. Back to the thing that you're struggling with. Have you taken any time to ask the Lord anything as it relates to what you're struggling with? Because what Peter saw, and I want you to see this, what Peter saw was, there's my Jesus. He just said he was Jesus. He's walking in the midst of the winds and the waves and all that kind of stuff. I want to come out there too. Lord, bid me come to you. He says, come. And he steps out. What bid have we put in, y'all? Because I would submit that if you're still struggling with something, perhaps you haven't even put in a bid. You haven't put in a bid. How often do we make decisions and say what we say and do what we do, and we have not put in a bid? Even at an auction, when you see what you want, you don't just walk up to it and say, okay, I like this flower, let me go ahead and take it. Y'all, you got to put in a bid. Not only do you have to put in a bid, you have to overcome everybody else who wants what you want. Y'all already know that we are are under a, a devil out there who wants what we want. He wants to take success away from us. He wants to take our Christian walk away from us. He wants to take good decisions away from us. He wants to rip up our families. He wants to rip up your mind. He wants your mind. He wants it all. A roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But how often we don't recognize. He's after us. But we're not putting in any bids. All those other disciples were on that boat. And what's interesting to me, too, is it doesn't say, and Peter said, bid me come to you. And right after that, Matthew said, hey, let me come to you, too. The rest of them cats sat back. <laughs> they get out there. Not only that, y'all, recognize they didn't even get out there after they saw Peter walking on the water. I don't know about y'all. If I would have seen Peter, I'd be like, shoot, man, I could go do that, too. Can I come, Jesus? Why do I, and that gets back to my point. We have to reflect on those experiences we can't explain. And when we don't, we keep ourselves stuck in the spot, y'all. And we wonder, why can't I walk this Christian walk? Why do I keep making the same mistake? Why do I keep going back to the same thing? Man, you haven't put in a bid. What do you mean, Brother Sims, you haven't put in a bid? You haven't asked the Lord to assist you. We know how the rest of the scripture comes out. It's already a long distance from the land. Peter got out there and it says, uh, but, but seeing the wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink. Then he cried, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, you have little faith. Why in the world did you doubt? I say to y'all, why in the world do we doubt as it relates to whatever we're struggling with? Think about the world for a minute, y'all. I know if y'all watched the news over the past week, or just any week to that effect, amen. But I'm just going to take this week. Let's just use this week. You have a man who 
saw fit because of whatever his so-called IRS tax problems were to say, not only am I going to end my life by flying a plane into a building, I'm going to see if I can take somebody else's too. You have a 39-year-old ex-boyfriend who breaks up with his girlfriend, and the week after, based on whatever has occurred, he breaks into the house, he kills the son, prominent son, kills himself. You have, and some stuff doesn't even reach the news. I went to a funeral yesterday, and it was um, one of my kids' moms who, whose brother had some issues with somebody, and those issues came to her house, and they came and shoot up. They shot up her neighborhood, shot and killed her. She falls right in front of her child. Gone. The Jasmine Lynn situation, Spellman comedy. I mean, just, just, just so many indicators of people struggling. I know you probably thought I was going to say wrongdoing. No, of people struggling. But I think there's a common denominator in every single one of those situations, and y'all better take heed along with me. In the midst of our struggles, y'all, if we don't put in a bid, you can forget that Christian walk. It's going to be one of the toughest walks that you can imagine in your life. But here's the hope in it all, and as it relates to this particular scripture. First of all, if you're still struggling with something, I want you to come to a realization. Maybe God doesn't want it removed. So often, and if I'm talking to the wrong crowd, y'all just tell me, and I'll just go on and call for an invitation. So often, I would argue that when we pray, we want the Lord just to make it better. Don't we? I mean, amen, somebody? Okay, I can relate to that. We just want, we just want to make it better. But again, I want you to analyze this particular situation. You, you also have a Peter, at, at the time, his focus was on Jesus is doing this. Jesus is doing this. And what he did not say is, Lord, bid me, after you stop those winds and those waves, because, you know, I don't want to deal with all of that, to walk on the water. He didn't say all of that. Jesus didn't say, well, you might need to wait until the winds and the waves stop, and then you can come on out. He just said, come. I dare y'all to get to a point where you bid the Lord to put you out there in the midst of whatever you're struggling with and help you to walk through it as he's walking in this scripture through the winds and through the waves. Now that's a whole nother perspective you're talking about as it relates to dealing with your issues. Lord, bid me to walk through this foreclosure situation. Lord, bid me to walk through not having a job and things working the way that I've been used to and working. Lord, bid me to walk through these family problems. Lord, bid me to walk through these issues on the job. Lord, bid me to walk with me, because I'm a mess. And what I want y'all to see is here's the beauty of bidding him to help you to deal with whatever you have to deal with. He's out there in the midst. And as an individual, I want you to see is that you have a Jesus who's standing out there on the water and the winds and the waves and all that stuff is around him, and he says to Peter, come. So now what I want y'all to do, go back to the struggle that I told you. For those of you who had a struggle. And I want you to envision in your mind, whatever that struggle is. Whatever it is, put it in your mind. 
But now what I want you to do, if you have not done it, put Jesus right next to it. I want you to imagine that this is my struggle. This is what Jesus wants to do right here. He wants to say to you, I know you ain't worried about this. And he says, come. And let's deal with this together. But y'all, until we put in that bed, it's just not going to happen. Going to happen. So here's my final question as I close. What do you want? What do you want? Back to the auction. Because whatever that struggle is, you have to first ask yourself, what do you want? Let me give you a couple of pointers. If you want it to go away, you might need to come to grips again that God don't want it to go away. But what he wants to do is the same thing that he tried to do with Peter. I want Peter to experience what I'm doing to the extent that his faith will be strengthened. Because what does he say to him? Oh, thou little faith. Why did you doubt? He didn't say, man, I knew you were going to sink. I knew it. I knew you weren't. No. Why did you doubt? What do you want? Now, another heads up. World's not getting any better, y'all. It doesn't seem like it. Which possibly means that there are going to be some things that we're going to go through that we're not going to totally understand that uh, God is going to continue to push us through. And if I were you, I would probably venture towards trying to get some things under my belt that are going to help me to deal with those particular issues versus trying to get away from those kinds of things. Okay? Now, let me, let me identify some things as it relates to that. If this sounds like you at any time, you need to be careful. Um, lights got turned off. Had no money in the bank, negative balance. Still can't find a job. Don't know what tomorrow's gonna look like. If you ever sound like that, you need to be careful. I mean, you need to be real careful. Because basically, what you've allowed to happen, possibly, is that you've allowed your situation to take over. Because we get caught up in, the, in, in all of the dealings and the struggles and all that kind of stuff, versus, I don't have a job. God got, God, God has this under control. And all this time while I'm waiting on the job to come, I'm just going to keep myself busy. I get a good example. Lula, I know Lula's not going to mind me calling out. But I remember Lula vividly saying, you probably remember you said it yourself. But she, made, she essentially made a comment to the extent that as far as joblessness is concerned, it's going to give an opportunity to just get a little bit more involved and keep herself busy as it relates to that. Then God, whenever that change comes, it comes. That's somebody who's decided, I'm going to walk right into this situation, take it for what it is, and then trust that God's going to do it. But in the midst, let me praise him through my work. Good stuff. Good stuff. It's a dangerous place to get to, y'all, when you get your situation to become bigger than your God. But again, Jesus is standing there, y'all, just like he did before Peter, and he's in the midst of whatever your problem is. So if you plan on walking that Christian walk, Reflect on those experiences, but realize that if you walk into it, you're not walking in it by yourself. You're not. And if you think you are, that's your fault. Stop thinking. Unthink it right now. Please. Because that's the worst place to be. So if you're here this morning and you find that you have really been struggling as far as something in your life is concerned, I want you to ask yourself a question. Have you put in a bid? Now, let me give you, let me give you a little quickie. We can't do like Peter. Peter put in that one bid, right? Walking the Christian walk is not a one bid deal. When y'all walk out in the morning, do you say, Lord, bid me to make the most out of this day? 
When you come home and leave from work, Lord, bid me, bid me to make this journey as best as it can be. Lord, bid me to be the best that I can inside my house. When you get into that job and you get ready to clock in, Lord, bid me to make this time frame on this job the best that it can be. Before you open up your mouth to talk to a stranger, Lord, bid me to say to this brother right here exactly what I need to say. Y'all, I just don't think we put in enough bids. We don't. And people who are at auctions who don't put in enough bids, they walk out with nothing. And if we don't put in enough bids for the Lord to help us out in the midst of our situations, we will walk away with nothing. And then we'll ask ourselves, Lord, why don't I have anything? Because you ain't asking. So again, I say, Christian walk, y'all, I don't have the steps. But I do know that we serve a God. But if we ask, and y'all please don't tell me you think that we serve a God who if we ask him to help us in every aspect of our Christian walk, that he won't help us. But rooted in that whole thing is our faith. Because he asked, the, he asked him, bid me to come out in the water. He said, come on. But what was missing was Peter's faith in what he asked. See if I'm talking to the right crowd. If y'all ever asked the Lord for something, but deep down in your heart, you were kind of like, mm -hmm. oh, I don't know. God going to give me that. That's just me? Oh, okay, 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 okay. Talk to the right crowd. I've done that. I've asked the Lord for something. Lord, please. And I knew it was something good to ask for. But in my own mind, in my heart, I doubt it. And guess what? Didn't get it. Didn't get it. Your faith is so critical. So perhaps, again, perhaps you're here today and you're struggling. You haven't put in those bids. Well, I can tell you right now, if you have not become a part of the body, I can tell you right now why part of the reason is, is you're struggling, because you're not a part of the body. There's nothing more powerful, y'all, than the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and you're willing to repent of your sins, confess that Jesus Christ is indeed that, and willing to repent and put him on in baptism, now you become a part of an awesome body. And again, that's something we can't explain. I want all y'all to take some time if you can. Reflect on your baptism if you've been baptized. Because what literally happened is that you died. And then you came out of that water a brand new person and you received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Did you see a box when you came out that water? Did you see God standing over you with a big old wrap or a bag? No, you didn't. But you still received that gift. Can't explain it, but it happened. And for those of you who have not made that decision, you can make that decision this morning and experience a life like you've never experienced before. Perhaps some of you are here, and yes, you've received that gift of the Holy Spirit, but you have quenched it in the form of allowing your struggle to take advantage of your Christian walk. And now you're doing some things, and you're saying some things that you know you ought not be doing, ought not be saying. You've allowed your faith to be tested, and you're losing that, you're losing that battle. We can get that right this morning. And we want to be like Peter where he initially was out there and he stepped on that water and experienced his success. But the one thing we need to do that Peter was not able to do is to regard all of the nonsense, all of the winds and the waves in such a way that it won't take over. Perhaps you've experienced success and you just want to tell somebody about it to reaffirm your faith this morning. Or perhaps you just need some prayer, some good old prayer that you can strengthen yourself and get to a point. Bottom line is, y'all, we all have it within us to walk this Christian walk. We have it, okay? But we got to ask. Put in your bed for Jesus, and I promise you, he'll answer, 
And he'll say the same thing that he said to Peter and leave the rest up to you. Some of it. Come. Whatever the case is, I hope that I've said something this morning just to help us all to think a little bit more about our Christian walk and how important it is for us to keep our minds focused and be able to regard our situation in such a way that nothing and nobody takes over that Christian walk. So whatever the case is, your heart and soul willing, let us stand together at this time and receive the invitation. That's where a tending load of care. You are so that say can rest from the burdens you bear. Do you know my Jesus? Do you know? My friend, have you heard it all? You're out of here, well, about till the end. Where is your heart, open? Oh, from what does your life reveal? Is your call for comfort when the but sorrow you feel? Do you know, my Jesus? Do you know, my friend? Have you Disappointment. Who each time you cry? Who understands your heart? Who dries the tears from your eyes? And do you know, my Jesus? Do you know, my friend, have you heard of your heaven here, the will of our children here?